1: How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host Dalton Trigg. I am joined by my co-host Drew Johnson. You can find both of us on the uh, the X app, you know, formerly known as the Bird app, formerly known as Twitter, uh, at Dalton underscore Trigg at Coach Drew thirty three guys. It was a crazy Thursday. Not only did we have the NBA trade deadline, and the Mavs just Uh, per usual Nico Harrison I saw somebody on uh Twitter post something yesterday that said his nickname is Nico pull the trigger Harrison uh because he just (laughs) had he's very aggressive uh with this kind of stuff and we've seen it every single year uh at the trade deadline with him as the general manager he makes a big splash every single time so uh, next year around this time we will expect nothing less because that's what's happened for the first uh, three seasons with him as general manager so we'll get into all that very exciting stuff pj washington daniel gafford uh, but before we do that just want to talk about that uh that mavs knicks game that happened last night it's like yeah believe it or not there was actually a <laughs> a basketball game to be played on thursday night after all the all the drama of the trade deadline. But the Mavs, they played the the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Uh, They had a a really good performance from Luca: 39 points, eight rebounds, 11 assists. He had four steals and a block. He was was locked in defensively. He had a crazy wraparound pass, uh, no wraparound pass between like three defenders to get the ball to Dwight Powell for an easy layup just insane stuff. You know, Josh Green, he was playing like a a man that was free from trade rumors uh, and glad to be back you know, or glad to not be going anywhere, I guess. He had, mm-hmm. you know, several good plays in transition, including a thunderous tomahawk dunk that had the MSG crowd just going like, ooh, ah. Yep. <laughs> so, he was great. He had 15 points. Uh, six rebounds, three assists. Uh, Kyrie, it really wasn't his great. It wasn't his best game. I mean, he only shot seven of, uh, seventeen. Had sixteen points, but he did have five rebounds, six assists, and he was a plus twelve on the night. So, good stuff from him. Uh, Derrick Jones Jr., who has been in a major slump lately, uh, broke out of that. Uh, he had eighteen points and five rebounds. So overall, it was a really good. Uh, team effort. Tim Hardaway Jr. against his former team. It seems like he always lights up the Knicks when he plays them again. He had nineteen points off the bench, and he was a plus eleven. You know, well, when he's hitting his threes, that that's usually what happens. He was five mm-hmm. of ten all night. So overall, really good game. The Knicks were down several key players, including uh, Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, who kills the Mavs. Julius Randle just destroys the Mavs every time he plays them, but. Uh, but the Mavs were also down. Uh, Derek Lively, so you know it wasn't. It was a game the Mavs should have won. They did win, and now they're twenty nine and twenty three on the year, and they've won three consecutive games with the uh, with the All Star break approaching, which will be incredible because they'll have a chance to finally get completely healthy. You have a chance to maybe squeeze in a few practices with the new guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and try and develop that chemistry as fast as you can, which I think will be seamless based on their their skill sets. But uh, it's a good time for the Mavs right now. It seems, it seems like everything is trending up. But before we get into the trade deadline stuff, DJ, what do you think about that Knicks game specifically? You
2: know, I mean, yeah, the Knicks were dilapidated. But like you said, we were missing some pretty key pieces as well. And give the Knicks credit, specifically Dante DiVincenzo. Holy hell, man.
0: Flames are
2: freaking scorching. And he can do that. He has the capability to do that. I mean, he's been doing that since he was a high schooler in Delaware. So I mean, you know, overall, I mean you can't discount a win at this point. Any win's a good win, as far as I'm concerned, especially right before the trade deadline. Maybe not the trade deadline, the uh the all star break. It was after the trade deadline. Um, you're gonna have to edit that out. But <laughs> uh, but uh Anyway, any win's a good win. And uh hopefully we can go in to the uh to the all-star break with some momentum and hopefully we can get everybody healthy. Hopefully, like you said, we can kind of gel everybody, all the new people together. And like you said, I think it's gonna be a pretty seamless process just because they're gonna fill pieces or they're gonna fill in slots that we need desperately. Um yeah. I'll be curious to see what we do with that final roster spot. I hope it's Denwitty.
1: I think. Look, it's funny you say that, and we'll we'll kind of we'll we we'll, uh, swing back to the to the uh, actual trade moves that happened here in a little bit. But the Dinwiddie stuff is interesting because you know the Mavs trade, and we'll just we'll go ahead and get into it anyway. So the Mavs, the first trade news that broke was that they were trading Rashawn Holmes and draft compensation to uh, the Washington Wizards for Daniel Gafford. Which is amazing. Now, it was scary at first because like three or four hours passed where we didn't know what said draft compensation was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of scary there for a little bit. But apparently, if I'm, if I'm, you know, doing this right, if I'm reading all this right, apparently we traded a pick swap to OKC for their 2024 first round pick. And then hmm. that's the pick that was conveyed or sent over to Washington for Gafford. Okay. And then the second trade that happened was uh, we sent Seth Curry, Grant Williams, uh, and a lightly protected 2027 first round pick. I think it's, I think it's top three, maybe protected. Top
2: two. I read top, top two. two.
1: Yeah. Top two protected. So, we sent uh, Seth Curry, Grant Williams, and a top two protected pick to the Charlotte Hornets for P.J. Washington. And so since we send out three players, and we only brought back two, opens up a roster spot. Spencer Dinwiddie got traded from the Brooklyn Nets to the Toronto Raptors. They immediately bought him out because they didn't want – you know, he was about to make a like a almost a $2 million bonus for games played this year. They knew he wasn't part of the plan, so they just went ahead and – Uh, gave him his buyout, and then all of a sudden last night at Madison Square Garden, you see Dinwiddie sitting behind the Mavs bench (laughs) and then, uh, you know, in timeouts, in between timeouts and everything, he's talking to Mark Cuban, (laughs) and then you take into consideration that Dinwiddie played his best basketball of his career when he was in Dallas, shot nearly 47% from the field, Uh, a little over 40% from three during his time here. And then when he was a part of the three-yard rotation with Luka and and Jalen Brunson, they went to the Western Conference Finals. So it's even more enticing for him to come back now because you could have the three-headed guard monster of Luka, Kyrie, Dinwiddie, and then you also have serviceable bigs that you didn't have during during that uh, Western Conference Finals run. You've got Derek Lively. You've got Daniel Gafford, P.J. Washington. You know, even Maxi Kleba here lately has looked healthy for the first time in, like, two years. Like, he's playing amazing defense. And now his role is going to be suppressed greatly now going forward. But, you know, he's still a big body that's shown that he still has a little bit of life left, uh, you know, after he got his toe sewn back on. So, <laughs> yeah, so Things are looking up for the Mavs. They almost have a fully complete roster. And, you know, I, on, on the last uh, trade deadline, or I did a, a very quick trade deadline recap pod yesterday. And one of the guys that was that left a comment on that YouTube video was like, well, do we not think that uh, Dante Exum can be the third ball handler instead of Dinwiddie?" And, I mean, he can, but he can't create his own shot Mm-mm. like Dinwiddie can. And you know, I think if you can add a guy like Dinwiddie to the bench to run things and you let Exum do what he does best, which is guard on the perimeter, mm-hmm. and you know, focus all of his energy on that and then just have spot up threes or whatever on the offensive end, I think that will be, you know, best suited for the bench unit going forward if it happens. So, we'll see how it goes. Uh, all signs point to, you know, Dinwiddie having a, a second stint with the Mavs. But I wouldn't count out the Los Angeles Lakers either, just because, you know, he's Dinwiddie's from LA. He's got family in LA. Obviously, the Lakers, even though I think it's overblown, they obviously have a natural attraction to certain players. So, and, and you know, you, you can't ever discount LeBron trying to recruit guys either. So, I think the Lakers are real competition there to potentially sign him, but we'll see how it goes. I, I think uh, I think there's a good chance that Dinwiddie ends up in Dallas.
2: My thing is this. Whose bench was he behind last night, baby? Who was he talking to last night with the shameless tampering? The shameless tampering.
1: There's no regard for it. I love it. I love it's it. So I good. Look, it's funny, too, because I don't know how – I don't know how tampering works. I mean, it's free agency. It's yeah. the same thing as free agency, but I I don't know how that works because you have a certain period of time where you can't talk to guy. I don't know how that works in season, but it was hilarious. Regardless, like we're gonna call it
2: tampering just because it's funny.
1: Yeah, and then look, the company. So Spencer, in his last run with the Mavs, he was known as the smoothie guy. You know, <laughs> he always he always got smoothies from this local place. Uh, in Dallas and brought him on the team playing, got everybody smoothies. Well, that company uh quote or tagged uh Denwitty in a tweet and was like, Hey, if you come back, you have free smoothies for life. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, Smoothie King, baby. So he, he's got some extra incentive there. If he wants some free smoothies as well as having a, a good fit and a more talented roster than uh what the Lakers currently have in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Good times right now. I mean, I, everything. obviously the Mavs have to go out there and the on-court on results have to materialize for you to truly deem it a success. But uh, on paper, given the players the Mavs gave up versus the two that they brought in, it just seems like a huge win for the Mavs and Nico Harrison, especially after things looked so grim there for a while. You know, the Mavs had lost like seven of ten games, The injuries just kept piling up. Uh, You know, Grant Williams, uh, after having expectations of him being the starting four, signing him to that uh, four-year, I think it was $56 million deal over the summer, or 53 maybe. I think that's right. But, um, you know, it just didn't work out. It didn't work out. He was too small for what they needed at that position, despite him having, you know, uh, good defensive prowess. Uh, but it, it didn't work out. His offense wasn't there. He just wasn't a great fit. Uh, you know, we've heard that uh, he wasn't really – it's not that he caused locker room issues. I think it was just the fact that it was just like a personality thing. I don't mm-hmm. think – I don't think – I think Grant's kind of like a – he's almost – I feel like he could be the guy that's like goofy to an extreme to a point where it's like <laughs> – it might eventually rub people the wrong way or something. So it's not like he was, you know, in there causing issues about not starting and all that stuff. It's just I think it was just all personality related. So that's out of the way. You start new. I mean it you tried something, it didn't work out. It is what it is. Grant's a great a great guy. And uh, you know, we'll we'll wish him the best in Charlotte. Uh, you know, even though like we've Mentioned before, Charlotte's kind of like the frat house of the NBA. So we'll. we'll,
2: we'll and honestly, man, I just I can't get over the fact. I'm, this is going to sound terrible, and like you said, Grant's a great guy. I can't believe Charlotte actually bit. I cannot believe they did this trade. I can't believe it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially, especially, and look, I know people don't. Uh, leading up to this deadline, one of my. Selling points for the Mavs was let's say okay, you don't have, you don't, you basically only have one first round pick you can trade, right? But my selling point for that was it's a 2027 first. So if you're an opposing team and you think there's a chance Luca could potentially leave in 2026, you look at that 27 pick and it's like, oh, well, you know, yeah, maybe maybe we'd be interested in that. But if Luca leaves and that pick is top two protected. The Mavs are 110% going to tank the shit out of that season. Exactly. I can't
2: believe they agreed to have it top two protected. That's my thing. It would have to be unprotected (laughs) for me to agree to that.
1: Like, like, I don't think people realize, oh, man, it's only top two protected. No, 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 no. (laughs) And where are the Hornets
2: going to be at that point in time, too? That's what we have to think about here.
1: Yeah, and that's another thing, too, that I forgot to mention. Uh, The Mavs received... Uh, two second round picks from the Hornets, mm-hmm. and the Hornets are awful. So yeah. you know those those two picks are probably going to be in the the thirties. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I mean, that's that's not terrible. You know, you you have a protected lottery pick. Chances are, if Lucas stays, you know, it's not going to be a great first round pick that Charlotte receives. But even if he did leave, you know, it's a, there's a good chance you keep the pick, uh, mm-hmm. and then you get to High-quality second-rounders, in my opinion. But, anyway, just the players specifically now. Daniel Gafford. DJ, we have been yearning for this. We have been wanting this for the Mavs for years. Begging. Begging. Years. Even, look, even when the Mavs had Tyson Chandler, you know, the backup center depth wasn't great because we had Brendan Haywood. Yep. And, I mean, he was solid, but, you know, he, he couldn't he really hold on. He fumbled the ball around and everything, you know.
2: He was ancient. He was a dinosaur at that point. (laughs) It was frustrating at times. I mean, the dude played on the same North Carolina team as Antoine Jameson. Like, the dude was ancient.
1: (laughs) Jan Mahimi, you know, he was on that team, too. Had some spot minutes. But it's like even, even at the Mavs' peak, when they had Tyson Chandler won the championship, they really didn't have a true.
0: We're driven by the search for better.
1: affordable or i don't even know fortify five well however you want to call it center rotation and they have that now i mean you have Derek lively who is 19 going on 20 uh he has been incredible all year from day one uh starting for the mavs now he's had a couple of unfortunate an- ankle sprains that have kept him out a few games and then he recently got whacked in the face by wendell carter jr from magic and it broke his nose and that's kept him out you know, a couple games here, but he's been great. Uh and now they went out and got a backup center that's not as tall as Lively, but he's he's just as long, he's just as athletic. Uh, you know, in 26 minutes per game, he's averaging 2.2 blocks yeah. per game, uh, eight rebounds per game. This guy is almost like a carbon copy of Derek Lively, aside from not being seven <laughs> one.
2: Yes. He's, <laughs> he's not 16. as skilled either. Let's be honest. He's not as yeah, skilled.
1: Yeah. Um, Overall, he's not as skilled. But just like from an athletic standpoint and the rebounding and everything, all of that is very similar.
2: He does tall, athletic person shit, which is something that we need. I mean, that's what the, really as as skilled as lively is. That's he's made his biggest thing. impact on us doing tall, athletic <laughs> person shit. So yeah. that's what Gafford's going to bring to the table, too. So whenever we sub or if we have an injury or something, we don't really – I mean, we, we will miss Lively, but it's no, not going to be anywhere near oh, no. uh, what it was pre-Gafford. Like, I we're not going to have to throw Powell in there and just cringe for 48 minutes.
1: Yeah, I made, I made the joke uh, last night, and I hope I didn't jinx it. But, you know, I was like, I hope Powell enjoys these extended minutes against New yeah. York tonight because – that's it. That's it. It's
2: over with now.
1: He's not going to get very many minutes going forward. He is uh Dwight Powell, you know, great guy. Uh, he is he's going to be a uh, a good cheerleader going forward now, unless yep, there's T the Rex is
2: finally now. extinct. It, it's it's <laughs> over with.
1: So uh, so Daniel Gafford obviously going to help out a bunch. Uh, you know, uh, him and Lively. What I like is they've played the sim like a similar amount of minutes per game. So. Mm-hmm. You know, neither one of them is going to be overburdened. You can you can play each of them twenty four minutes a game if you want to, and it'll be fine. You know, you'll keep keep them. That'll probably keep them from, <laughs> from getting, hurt. getting hurt too. So yeah. uh, that is a, amazing. The Mavs center position is set, uh, and then you know they needed the starting four, and you got that with PJ Washington. Now, you know, uh, tall wise, you know he's he's six seven. Six seven six eight, but he's but he long, plays bigger. he's he long plays way bigger than that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he plays way bigger than that. Again, he's he's skilled, he's athletic, he can guard multiple positions because of that athleticism and length. You, if you have to absolutely go small, which makes me cringe because we've been doing that for the last forever,
1: he can play um, small ball we, five.
2: Yeah, but he can be a really good small ball five. Um, honestly, man, like uh, just in general, the pieces are here now. Like, we have a fairly complete roster. If we bring in Dinwiddie, it's it's set. Like, we're set. Now the pressure is on Jason Kidd.
1: Absolutely. At what
2: point do we hold him accountable now? Like, it'll be really interesting to see what he does going forward because now there are no more excuses. Now you have size. Now you have depth. You have shooting. You have everything you need to win. What's stopping you?
1: Yep. Yeah, I think I think that was said perfectly. There are no more excuses. He, nope. In so many of these press conferences this year, especially after some of these deflating losses where the Mavs have just gotten their their tails kicked uh, in some of these blowouts, you know, he's he's harped on it in the media about how small the Mavs are and how you know they have to play this way because they have just been small. They, you can't. There's no excuse for it anymore. Not anymore. So I think you're right. I think we're we're gonna really see, you know, what Jason Kidd can do in these last. I think there's 31 games left in this regular season, and then into the postseason. And uh, if he doesn't, you know, if he underperforms with this roster he has now, I think you really have to consider making a coaching change going into the off season. Yep. Uh, and starting new with this this batch of guys and and see how it goes. So. We'll see. We'll see. You know, uh, when when Kidd had a bunch of uh, really good wing defenders and or a couple of really good wing defenders uh, and had Dinwiddie, uh, Luka, and Brunson in 2022, they went to the Western Conference Finals. So, I mean, he, he was actually coaching them well on the defensive end during that run, too. So we'll see if he can replicate that with this roster here. And, again, like you said, you know, you know, assuming Dinwiddie does sign with the Mavs, and I think he would be smart to do so based on fit and, you know, how the rest of this roster is constructed, he really could be that final piece that uh, that kind of puts the Mavs over the top. So we'll see. Look, I've, I've seen a lot of people uh, kind of second-guessing the P.J. Washington stuff just because he's shooting 32.4% from from three this season y'all, I don't care what you say. if I don't care if if Washington is shooting like I think it's six percent lower from three than Grant Williams was this year. He's a better player than Grant Williams. He does He's so better. much more. He's more versatile. He has more potential because of his physical attributes. He is a career thirty six percent three point shooter. He was just not having a good year in Charlotte. He was kind of checked out. And honestly, if I was playing in Charlotte, I would be checked out by this point, too. Yep. <laughs> they're, just, they're not going anywhere. You know, uh, in the offseason, this was the guy that we kind of pushed for. We were hoping that this is the guy they would sign and trade. And you know, we thought Grant Williams would be a good option, too. But we preferred PJ Washington, and it just mm-hmm. didn't, you know, it just didn't materialize. So here we are, several months later, and uh, <laughs> PJ Washington. Is a Dallas Maverick. He averages, or this this season, he's averaging thirteen point six points, five point three rebounds, two and two point two assists, uh, almost forty five percent from the field, and thirty two point four percent from three. And again, playing alongside Luca and Kyrie, I saw somebody tweet this last night. Uh, but the Mavs, are, the Mavs have guard play that PJ Washington has never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> This is something that's completely new to him, and honestly, it's new to Daniel Gafford too. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there was a moment in time where Spencer Dinwiddie and Daniel Gafford played together on the Wizards, and they had some pretty good a, a good two man game going there. I posted some some clips of that on my Twitter page last night. Uh, so, you know, he's he's that's about the extent of what Gafford has has played with. <laughs> <laughs> Dinwiddie when he was a much higher option on the totem pole in, in there in Washington. So both of these guys playing alongside Luca and Kyrie, it's going to be incredible to see. Um, and I think it's going to have a ripple effect going down the roster uh, to where other guys play well because of this. Uh, but, yeah, look, I, I'm not going to – I'm not going to set it in stone in a prediction but I just I don't think PJ Washington's going to shoot 32% from 3 no. in Dallas. It's going to be he he's about to get a percentage spike. <laughs>
2: well it happens with everyone who plays with Luca. I mean we we saw that with uh with Dorian Finney-Smith. We've seen that with other players. And the
1: way uh, Jr. look at his yeah. numbers before he came to Dallas.
2: Exactly. Luca just makes people better around him. And so you can expect at least a slight improvement. I I think think
1: so. Yeah. And what's great about all this is like these two guys are right in Luca's timeline. They're both 25 years old. Luca is 24. He's about to turn 25 himself. This is a core now that you can grow Mm -hmm. with Luca going forward and continue to build chemistry and get better. Like this is, Now, Kyrie, he's 31, and we're not sure, you know, where that situation goes after the two seasons after this. But other than that, it's set. You've got your four foundational pieces, uh, you know, in Luka, P.J. Washington, uh, Derek Lively, and then you have Gafford as your backup center. Really five if you consider Josh Green, because they just signed him to a three-year extension, and he's been playing amazing. So. Mm -hmm it's really exciting times for the Mavs and the, the potential of what this could be is, is great. It, it makes you feel good. It's a lot better than how we were feeling a week or so ago when they were losing, when they had lost, you know, seven out of 10 games. And seems like every time you turn around, Luca's spraining his ankle or Derek Lively is getting his nose broke. Kyrie's out with a thumb sprain, you know, all this other stuff. Now things have changed and, mm-hmm. I don't want to set expectations too high for this first game, where Washington and Gafford will we'll see how the physical stuff goes today, but they sh- they could be available against OKC tomorrow, and that's a two p.m. tip-off time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to set the expectations too high, but you know if if they look as good as I think they will, if it's as seamless of a transition as I think it will be. You know, I think we could really—it's—it's it's a good place to start. It's a good measuring stick to see how this newly restructured roster, constructed roster, uh, fares against one of the top teams in the West, in the OKC Thunder. It'll be because the Thunder have been lights out this season. They're—they're they're incredible. Shea Julius Very Alexander, good. he's an MVP candidate. <sighs> uh, you know, Chet Holmgren has lived up to the hype after missing mm-hmm. what should have been his rookie season last year he's been incredible. I mean, that team is stacked with young mm-hmm. talent and it will be a great measuring stick for the Mavs uh who have kind of uh, they haven't closed the gap completely, but they've gotten younger and they've gotten more potential than what they had 24 hours ago. So, Yep. Um DJ anything else before we take off here any other last second trade takes?
2: It's a good day to be a Maverick, but uh I'm still anxious to see, and, you know, taking one thing at a time, but I'm always looking to the future. I'll be anxious to see what moves we make in the, in the summer, honestly, um, because I think we're set up to make some really spectacular moves this
1: summer. I think so, too. You have the pieces to do it. I know people are saying, oh, well, you know, the Mavs, don't, they don't control their, their draft capital from 2027 to 2030. Or something like that, but it's like the reason they don't is because they have a young, talented core with potential, all on long-term contracts right now. Uh, you you take that over potential draft stuff <laughs> ten times out of ten. Now, if you're just if you're like the Chicago Bulls and you're stuck in mediocrity, you're on the mediocrity treadmill then you have more incentive to hold on to all of your future picks if you can or to trade Mm -hmm. off all your players for picks. This is not the situation the Mavs are in.
2: (laughs) I'm going to tell you what, if the Chicago Bulls want to trade Kobe White, we need to look at it. He's playing well. Amazing. He's he's a most improved player candidate, I think. I think he's got it on lock if you want me to be honest.
1: Look, I I have a lot of like – Hot takes when it comes to potential trades and stuff. And before the Mavs got Kyrie, the one guy that I was always like thinking, oh, the Mavs should probably get him is Zach Levine. I was dead wrong on that. I'm glad that didn't happen because yeah, he's had knee issues. Uh he, he had knee uh season ending knee surgery, and he's on a huge contract. And now Kobe White looks like the face of the franchise the way yep. he's been playing. <laughs>
2: Now he's taking some major steps forward, you know, kudos to him. Um, but also a thing about Levine is I've read, and you can't believe everything you read, but I've read in some places where he's a locker room cancer and
1: we he just, we diva, can't
2: afford for that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: well, and I look, as as nice as Kobe White would uh, would be, I think if the the Bulls are set on you know trying to trade, I saw where they at first they tried to get like two first round picks for Alex Caruso. So if that's mm-hmm. their if that's their asking price for Caruso, I'd hate to see what it is for Kobe White right now. Uh, It'd be insanely high. high. Even even more shocking than the two first round picks, uh, I saw a report where they tried to get Golden State to trade them Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, for, for Alex Caruso. I was like, what?
0: <laughs> At this
2: stage, Kaminga is untouchable. No one oh. is going to be able to pry him away. He's no another way. guy
1: that's really taken out. The, the young talent around this league is unreal right now. Oh, yeah. Lucas said that uh, he, he went on uh, JJ Reddick's podcast, The Old Man in Three, Yeah. Uh, yesterday. And I think he was talking about it, too. He was just like, people don't understand just like the insane level of especially offensive talent. That's in the league right now. It's unreal. People are saying, oh, well, oh, nobody plays defense. They're trying to. Yeah. But the no. offensive talent level is so great. It's just like, what can you do?
2: <laughs> I saw this. Um, I saw this clip from one of JJ Reddick's podcasts and he said, you know, people are are bitching about, you know, defensive efficiency or whatever. But here's the issue. You've got, I forget how, what the percentage rise in threes taken per game is, but it's insane. And the reason that it's insane is because your percentage of drives have actually gone up as well. And so you're yeah. getting a lot more inside-out action. It's not just people swinging it around the horn sh- jacking threes. That's not thats not what we're doing here. It's actually pretty decent offensive basketball, okay? Yeah. Now the way that the game is called now is a little bit different from an officiating standpoint, and I do agree that that will impact it slightly. But the skill level is absolutely insane right now. I mean, you got seven footers out here that can dribble like guards. We've never seen anything like that before. Well, I guess we have once, but then he got hurt in Ralph Sampson, Mm -hmm. and he he wasn't (laughs) even at that at that level. So you know, it's it's going to get even crazier. It's out of this world right now. And the, the scary thing is it's only going to get crazier.
1: I yeah, that's what I was saying. Cause I mean I can't believe how good Wimbenyama has already looked in year one. And I just oh I just God. think like I just get to thinking like, okay, well, when he gets in the weight room like Giannis did, <laughs> for he's unstoppable. A of years, he I don't know going, what anybody's gonna do with him.
2: If he if he stays healthy, I I'm pretty sure I said this before the draft if he stays healthy and he puts on weight he is going to change the game of basketball as we know it
1: well i hope the mavs have enough talent and make enough of a push to uh to win a championship or two before he gets to his peak because that's going to be a that's going to be a bear to have yeah. in division <laughs>
2: Yeah. And I mean, they may as well. I hope it it also depends on how long pop can last as well. Because if you if you're able to keep pop and you're able to get Wimbenyama to his prime, it's going to be hell. It's going to be absolute hell.
1: Maybe the Spurs GM can uh, can like make a few missteps when putting people around. Wimbenyama on that roster and maybe maybe it can delay his his uh, true dominance for at least a few more years and we'll, well, I'm gonna
2: be honest with you his teammates already do that he's got some really selfish teammates dude yeah. I mean you got Wimbenyama who's over here like you know I'm seven foot four and I can do everything and then everybody else is like holy shit I'm on TV you know so I mean it,
1: the the yeah, biggest I, example of that and I saw I know we're going down a rabbit hole here but I saw uh, there was a a game a few nights ago where I forgot who they were playing, but they had a chance to win. They were only down uh, by one, and they had the ball at the end. And I think it was uh, – is it Devin Vassell? Yeah. Vassell, am I saying that right? I think so, uh, yeah. <laughs> but he he uh, he had the ball at the top of the key, and uh, when Benyama was rolling to the basket, he was wide open. like He could have just lobbed it up, and they win the game easy the easiest lay in you would or dunk you would have ever seen and he ended up shooting the 3 uh from the top and it clanked and they selfish. lost nothing.
2: selfish just selfish
1: <laughs> but hey, but hey uh, you know as a as a Dallas Mavericks enthusiast keep doing that Spurs we we enjoy that
2: <laughs> i know but as a basketball enthusiast it pisses me off
1: <laughs> it was very annoying. you could see when binyama was very uh upset with how that how that happened too but
2: like if I'm yeah. pop, I'm demanding that you trade the whole damn team besides win Binyama because this is just – this isn't happening.
1: To put into context how good he's been this year, I feel like if the Spurs even had like a decent record, he might have a chance to win defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think he's going to win that with just how how awful the, the Spurs have been record-wise this year. But he's – him individually has it, been – you know, it's like that meme where you see the Ferrari under the garage of the – like the really crappy carport, yeah. Uh, the run down, the abandoned house or whatever. That's the spur. That's uh, the Spurs in Wimbanyama right now. Yep. <laughs> well, guys, look, we appreciate y'all coming in and listening to us uh, talk about the Mavs and you know their win over the Knicks and uh, the trade deadline moves, and hopefully, we're hoping there's an announcement about Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, he he clears waivers uh saturday afternoon so or sometime around four or five i think uh saturday afternoon so uh, we will be on alert for that and see how it goes the he has a lot of reasons to sign with the mavs my personal opinion and i know i'm kind of biased but i feel like he has more reasons to sign with the mavs over the lakers but you know we'll see what he ends up deciding we'll see if mark cuban you know took him to a good breakfast spot this morning and (laughs) and, and continued his his tampering
2: (laughs) hell yeah tamper the hell out of him mark we need it
1: (laughs) guys appreciate it y'all be sure to go like rate and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms hit that subscribe button on our youtube channel leave us likes and comments we want to hear from you we want to hear your opinions on what the mavs did at the the trade deadline and Uh, the potential of signing Spencer Dinwiddie and all that other stuff. So if you have a take, leave it in the comments, and we'd love to hear from you guys. Appreciate it, y'all. Y'all have a good weekend. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team,